0: All right. Hello.
1: Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are back to playing some Werewolf the Apocalypse tonight. Uh, And uh, the Weaver uh, was uh, a real pain in the ass uh, before stream went live. Uh, I think I think Jacques uh, Jacques view of the world is vindicated and Lou is clearly. uh, Absolutely not. Yep. I think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna pick up exactly where we left off, or, or, or close enough to it, uh, as uh, we're dealing with a giant kaiju spirit thingy that is eating stuff, and uh, we'll see how it resolves. Why don't we do a quick little intro, and then we'll get started? So, uh, so Jeremy, tell us what you liked
2: most about Eustace. he's uh, <laughs> just a nice, well balanced, happy guy that meant well, and uh, I think my favorite thing is he made sure to leave a note that he wants on his tombstone. To say he meant well.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Do you have <laughs> uh, do you have all your finances and such in order for what's going to happen with heart and soul? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> just going to revert to the set or something. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Selena, you, why aren't you angrier? Uh, you have zero rage, apparently. What's that about? I
4: do have zero rage. I just, you know. It's embarrassment at this point. It's the like I've got the one thing I can do. It's jump really high and really far, and then I landed flat on my face, and now I'm just sort of like you know mopey dog, hanging head. Um, Yeah, that's (laughs) that. It doesn't sound very rage filled. That sounds a bit defeated. So fair enough. That's the current state of my theurge from Children of Gaia.
1: There you go. Uh, And then Duke, how many of your pack would need to plunge into this Kaiju neighborhood thing for Duke to actually follow the pack in?
5: Uh, I don't think there is a number. (laughs) (laughs) Duke values his life and Duke also recruited five young pups. So I mean, or four, however many they are. There's five, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Duke has a, he's a traveled man. This is not his first pack. Okay.
1: Oh, wow. Guys, you hear that? Has <laughs> yeah. anyone asked what happened to his last pack? You should start.
5: No.
6: I assume they, they just got sick of him and kicked him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's <just laughs> no. too much riz. Sorry, you know? sorry, too, much <laughs> too much riz. Oh, God. Not Here, enough go, drip. Go. Not enough drip. Too much riz. Okay. Uh, I still and don't then, know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better off. Sorry, thing. Aaron. We don't okay. use it anymore. Uh Lou, uh can you tell us um why Weaver was not letting Jeremy connect to Zoom uh tonight? Uh
6: well Jeremy did not give his proper tribute to the Zoom weaver. That mm. meant that he needed to be blocked until certain updates occurred that were then provided as tribute.
2: You're why saying giving the it weaver... the finger isn't tribute. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Just... <laughs> <laughs> right in front of like the webcam. Yeah. Right. There. Oh, <laughs> right. It. I know you can see
6: it. <laughs> okay. It, it okay. consumed enough anger and emotion from Jeremy that it could then power itself better.
2: Oh, I just had to lose the wolf.
6: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, Aaron, uh, I think Jacques took out like three people last time around. Um
7: yeah, he was uh, he was tearing spines and biting heads off having a good time. You know, there's
1: there's there's a total of somewhere and like 30 to 35 or so people here over under like 10 more kills tonight for Jacques. You think
2: I'm going to go over if things
7: okay. go well, uh, we're, we're going to have to go because, I mean, they all have to die. They've seen things they yeah. they can't take away with them. So,
1: yep, yep. that is true. That is true. And they're, Lou they're, is not going to stop him scene. in
6: this instance.
1: Well, you, you screwed up with their helicopter, so they can't get away now. So you got gremlins all running around. All right. Why don't we start up then? Uh, last session, you all returned to Guy's Grove briefly. He delivered Hector, uh, having discovered him from the Stargazers down by Florence, Arizona. And you debriefed Adora about what was going on. Uh, and there was a little bit of discussion, but eventually you decided to head back to this Whispering Sands site slash Echo Labs coordinates. Uh, before leaving, Lou, you did ask Titan to keep an eye on Hector and try to like make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. Uh, by the time you guys ba- got back to Whispering Sands, it was, it was nighttime, uh, and the pack discovered that uh, Echo Labs and probably their locker room security friends had already returned. They had set up all these big old floodlights around this neighborhood, and there was a bunch of specialty equipment and such, including a large digital clock that was counting down. Um, when you were doing some recon, you noticed there were these physical tethers that were being run from some kind of device into the actual neighborhood itself. Uh, and there was a very, some very clear signs that someone had gone inside and was tethered uh, to, the, uh, to those cables, and they were tracking uh, that using the clock. Uh, Jacques, Lou, Duke, you ran into a little bit of trouble. Uh, you found a few mercs. Uh, they were not prepared for werewolves, uh, as they didn't really have any silver weapons uh, or ammunition, and so you dispatched them fairly easily. Uh, Lou, you also, like we just said, you sabotaged the helicopters, you used your gremlins to kind of screw that up a little bit. Uh, And uh, then you snuck over to like the staging ground area for the echo lab study Uh, and Duke, you kind of sort of yelled for aid from the stargazers, uh, but we haven't uh, followed up on that yet. Uh, Let's see. Other things hoping to find missing set members. Eustace um, bravely uh, sped inside that neighborhood. Uh, No tether. And uh, while inside heard some Annie Lennox, uh, which drew him to a cul-de-sac where he saw a very large dining table surrounded by about a dozen or more people, all who were like dressed sort of anachronistically. They weren't dressed for modern times. Uh, And at the center of this table was a platter that held the skin body of a werewolf. And also from the dark sky above, a, a bloody pelt fell before you. And you were able to recognize the pelt as being that of Rosie from your sept, based upon the color scheme and pattern later as you were carrying that body and that pelt around, uh, you, uh, you heard a tinking sound and you saw a, a carport, which was different from all the other homes, which had garages and you went inside this dark, dark, dark carport. And then when you turned around you saw there was a TV screen that suddenly appeared in the driveway behind you with a documentary narrated by David Attenborough about like blacksmithing in the old West or something like that. Uh, and that's where we ended uh, on that. So we're going to pick up, um, going to pick up outside. Let's let's figure out what's going outside before we uh, push further into the weirdness. So I believe Lou, Selena, and Duke are all in the staging, sort of that staging area or, or hidden and near it. I think all of you are have communicated at this point. Uh, Jacques might not be immediately with you. He might be separated because I think you might still be in Krenos. Uh, yeah, right. So let's start with the three then that are together. So Selena, Lou, Duke, you see this digital clock counting down handful of echo labs, technicians around all sorts of strange, you know, monitors and devices and equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, What do the three of you do in this situation? We'll assume you're in a position where you can communicate, you know, quietly without giving it away. Uh, So what do you want to do? I'm
6: currently robbing their tent still. And I will take (laughs) that telescope at some point in time.
1: Mm, Okay.
6: Okay.
1: Other ideas.
4: So Selena will go over to Duke. Um, and she'll kind of find him and she'll kind of be like, um, so you can, you can, you can do, do the thing, right?
5: Oh, you want me to do the thing?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could use the, sure, thing, I cause, uh, cause you just went in and, um, I feel
5: like that wasn't the plan.
4: Uh, well, I felt like there's... we had
5: a discussion on like what to do and like, we would all go in together if we needed to. And I don't know what are we supposed to do now? Well, probably
4: try to go in after him but I should not go in in the state that I am currently in because almost, it's almost like she, she tries to howl and it's just sort of this like <laughs> like, <laughs> no a, it's just just like pathetic <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, yeah Duke will do the song of rage and maybe the song of rage is in earshot maybe Eustace can hear it and it can help guide him in some way but I don't know
1: Okay, so if you're doing the song, the one thing I will say is that since the song is literally a song and it is going to hopefully possibly reach this, it does mean that the people around are gonna probably hear it too. So yeah,
5: uh, it's okay. She wants to go Creonos and eat people. Or so. you
4: could, or you could just do the other way that you can get rage and just like. Ooh.
5: <laughs> you oh, you want that. to do the thing that we did that one time? <laughs> yeah.
4: Like, and she's kind of going to be like, oh, oh yeah, you probably shouldn't. That, that might carry. You see a, Duke's in head, head
5: cock, and then, like, without hesitation, like, <laughs> right in the face. <laughs>
0: I just had so much pent up anger recently, you know. I just I don't really
5: fight, so like this is the best I get sometimes. <laughs> Why does no one listen to me? Uh, Why did he go inside on his own? Why <laughs> did we even plan? plan? <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay.
1: Uh, sure take, uh, I know take a now. I have a range. Okay. Um all right, Lou. While that was going on, what do you want to do? Like, what were you doing? Because you're you're currently in your special stealthy thing. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you have your your new ability that's kind of essentially making you next to invisible. Yes. Uh, as you're sifting around, and you can tell that all these technicians, there's a couple here, they're looking at these monitors. Some of them are you know are kind of staring down that kind of strange, almost steampunkian telescope that's like shifting and looking down that dark uh, entryway into the neighborhood. Um, they haven't noticed you yet. They've haven't responded to any of the craziness happening elsewhere. It's not their job. I mean, their job is, is to deal with this. So they don't mm-hmm. they're not carrying weapons that you can see. You don't see any of them have, have weapons or anything like that. So what do you want to do, Luke? With-
6: well, twofold. You mentioned last week that there was a, an image up on the wall of the what appeared to be the creature or something with like a core in it.
1: Yeah. So it sort of looks like to you, like you kind of have a cross section, uh, like they have on, on one of these, yes. like, like, it's almost like imaging software. Um, mm-hmm. so like they're, they're almost, almost like they're doing some kind of cross section of the creature itself. And so you can kind of see that vaguely familiar, uh, like bulbous shape that you saw when you were inside the Umbra, uh, except theirs is like almost active. Like you can see mm-hmm. like the, the different layers or, or, or various colors and they're shifting here and there.
6: I want that. I'm taking that first. um essentially the way that Lou views this. is this is a map? Is it maybe we can use? I do I know that Eustace has gone inside yet because I haven't talked to Selena
4: I directly. Oh,
1: I know Selena and Duke have interacted directly. Selena, did you tell Lou?
4: I think Duke was the first person that I saw because I think Lou was already in the tent when Selena came over. So
1: Lou, you would probably be unfamiliar. When you say you're taking this thing, are you like downloading it onto a device that you have or are you trying to literally pick the giant monitor off? The wall of the tent.
6: <laughs> I suppose it might be more logical for me just to put my phone up and uh, okay. take a picture of of the uh, thing, and okay. then I'm going to wait for the inevitable chaos that is Jacques Quiet Claw to come through and kill all the humans, so I can take the
1: telescope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll look, we will cut then to, and they will watch
6: the te- take a look at the telescope and then take the telescope.
1: So Jacques, once he's uh, uh, We're back to you. Uh, You're a little bit further away from the rest of them. You just finished killing another one of these security guards uh, that I think was the one that Duke had kind of hypnotized with his ability. Uh, Last we saw, I think you were in Krenos. What does Jacques do?
7: So Jacques, is his nose is in the air. He's sniffing. His head's on a swivel. He's just looking for, you know, what he considers to be the virus attacking the Green Mother. Any... Living human being, and he is just gotcha. going to attack. He uh, understands not, they all have yeah. to die. So,
1: uh, awareness test, uh, would probably make the most sense in this case. Uh, awareness and we'll say wits to sort of track down, um, the nearest or perhaps the most, um, sort of threatening, something like that. Yeah,
7: three successes.
1: Okay, so I would say blood. Was probably pumping uh, quite warm right now. You, you would probably know uh, somewhere deep down uh, that they likely set up some sort of perimeter, and that relatively interspersed, and even even like integrals like there's probably other centuries near about. And as you like look, you can see in one direction there's tents and things and weird devices. But then, in the other direction, we'll say counterclockwise. Uh, you can you can kind of get the whiff you think of of not just more human, but you like like oil and metal, and like you know the scent of weaponry, like human weaponry, uh, and you know that's kind of arcing. We'll say counterclockwise, so to speak. Uh, uh, and what kind of
7: distance are we thinking? Am I thinking
1: nowhere that would take you too long to get there? Probably you'll, you'd, you'd probably end up having to 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 sort of do a uh burn a willpower for the the will uh for staying in Krenos, like i don't think you're gonna be able to get there in turn but how close am i to the tent oh you can you can get there right almost right away yeah
7: so that's what he'll do first because that's why he saw the the rest of his pack going off he just wants to make sure they're fine so he'll go tearing through a wall of a tent and uh try to eviscerate the first human he sees
1: So you rip through the wall of a tent. Uh, I'm going to see if it's the one that Lou just happens to be. This is totally random. There's like three tents. Uh, It is (laughs) not. Uh, You just rip through them and you knock things left and right. And there's these two scientists that are staring over top of basically one of those CSI kind of backlit tables. Like they're looking down. Everything's glowing. And you burst through the claw of the tent or the, the tarp and you're you know dripping in blood and viscera from the rest of them. And they look up uh, okay. and they start, uh, they start screaming as uh, I think they are actually going to suffer the delirium uh, here, to be honest, as uh, even though they're not mundane humans, they have not worked with werewolves before. Uh, so the fact that they are seeing werewolves and haven't been specifically briefed for this. Um, so let me just do a quick, Roll.
4: And this werewolf specifically will scare okay. the shit out of you.
1: <laughs> one of them just starts running, and so it's like runs out the side of the the tent. So the tent itself, we'll assume like the the flaps are back, and so they're open. And it just starts to run into the middle of this little uh, this little landing area where that giant telescope is, the monitoring is, etc. And that one starts to run. The other one is just freezing, just looking at you, eyes wide like windows from the thing, and is just really. Uh, 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 staring up at you So Jacques's goal is to tear the
7: head off of the one that's staring up at him and then throw the head at the back of the head of the one running away.
1: <laughs> okay, what's we don't need a roll for these guys uh what's your total we'll just do take half so what's your what's okay. your total pool and then give me uh, half of that
7: Half of my total pool is six.
1: Okay, uh, that's more than enough uh, to kill this one, uh, as they have a grand total uh, of three health. Uh, and so we'll say in doing so, you just you, you use just one claw right across the chest, the other claw pops the head off, and you just hurl it, uh, and then... With that, I'll say the three successes will go towards killing one, and we can say the other three successes goes towards hitting the other one. It's not going to kill them, but it'll like knock them down as you throw the head and it conks them in the back of the head, and they go stumbling down to the ground. They learn, they turn around, they look, and they see the rolling decapitated head that is still moving while the body of their former colleague just falls to the ground, and their screams just become loud uh, as as can as, be as they look enacted. back, they
7: see Jacques mm-hmm. is grabbing the spurting blood and coating his fur in it as he stares at this guy on the ground.
1: And so with that, I'm going to say all of the other uh, technicians now hear this scream, they look up, they see the guy lying on the ground, they see the, the, the head rolling around, they look up, they see a krenos werewolf, and I'm going to again roll some uh, deliriums. Uh, okay. So two more people run, and I'm going to say... <laughs> Okay. One of them runs northward towards like the the mountains to the north where the stargazers were and one of them <laughs> runs into the neighborhood. Uh, the other two literally fall and like they're kind of, you know, like doing the covering their head and they're, they're whimpering on the ground. Uh, so you've got one on the ground ne- with, a, with a decapitated head next to it, two that are, that are kind of doing a, you know, putting, putting like kind of protective uh, arms over their heads and one running off to the north into the darkness and one running into the neighborhood. OK, uh, so the rest of you in that area now see things have changed. Uh, so Selena and Lou and Duke, you see carnage has come as there is Jacques. What do you do in response to all of this?
6: All the scientists are moving. Let, this is my opportunity. Let's look through the telescope <laughs> and then I'm stealing it.
3: I don't know why you expect goal. anything different
4: from yeah. me. Eustace Lou. can. Eight foot telescope
5: just and, in her backpack. You know. just... I
4: don't know about
6: Eustace. <laughs> Eustace is like, no information on that, hasn't read me.
1: Uh, Lou, when you look in the telescope uh, here, this is this I giant see device. Eustace and
6: the creature getting dicey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see. Uh, okay, so what you basically see is not unlike what you sometimes see in the Umbra, uh, which is how things don't appear in their sort of physical world shape. Uh, but you see this kind of like superimposed image of what appears to be the spirit and its various tendrils and membranes and, and organs and other things like that. But then you also see the physical, um, the, the physical buildings themselves, the neighborhoods. So this telescope seems to somehow reveal part of the spirit, which is in and of itself um, fairly alarming that humans have uh, have it. But it is not also that far removed from your spectral goggles. It just seems to be a little bit different.
6: I'm also taking this now and leaving the tent.
1: Okay. It's quite big.
6: (laughs) I figure, yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, And then Duke uh, and Selina, what are you doing in reaction to Jacques, the most violent Kool-Aid man appearance ever?
4: (laughs) And Selina will just sort of look at Duke and just kind of be like... Are we just killing everybody?
5: Uh, Duke will look at the bloodthirsty Jacques and say, Jacques, <laughs> God damn it! just kill the <laughs> ones with guns. These guys don't even do anything.
7: And he, he growls back. I mean, you understand it. Uh, obviously, nobody else would.
5: They're enemies
7: of the mother. They know too much. They cannot be allowed to take what they know with them.
5: Eustace is inside. He might. They might know how to get in or something. Don't kill them all.
7: We'll leave one alive to to interrogate. <laughs> That's gonna
1: like pass <laughs> out from. <laughs> so I think what we actually see is the giant Kratos dripping in blood. <laughs> 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 Duke <And two, laughs> like yelling at it. <laughs> <laughs> just, I always love the kid. <laughs> uh, and then Selena, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, we haven't heard from you.
4: I would say that Selena, um, I would like to sort of be at the point that Lou is coming out of the tent. And so then she'll go over to Lou. um, Oh, look what I got. Yes, that's great. Eustace went inside. Does this thing do anything about
6: inside or help us Uh, see anything inside? I, I've got a picture. Uh, okay, this, uh, I've got a picture. This is what it looks like with the, the core, and you can see the membranes coming apart. This, if you look through it, it will... You can... Here, let me just give your head... Yep. Here we go. I'll hold it for you on my shoulder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. You're holding an eight-foot-long <laughs> telescope on your shoulder. No problem.
1: Selena. Well, it's
6: only to balance it so that Selena can look through the other side of it.
1: It's... It's a little disorienting as it's moving. It's no longer being stabilized by the device that it was on. And stop, so now it's... stop,
6: stop, stop. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, you can confirm the same thing that Lou just said. These
6: scientists like, are able to see into the Umbra now. We definitely, I I can hear Jacques. I think I actually have to support him in murdering everything.
4: Oh, we have
6: just, to protect the spirits. So Selena wants, so what Selena is hoping is,
4: is that so? She'll, she'll like try to like move this in the direction of where she used just went in, just like hoping okay, against okay. hope that there might be a way mm. to like see him in there through this thing,
1: okay? Because it's um, like an
4: umbral x ray or something <laughs> like radar or something.
6: There's a core uh, in the middle of this thing. If you look at the picture on, and she'll like move with it.
1: Selena, go ahead and roll. Uh, let's do technology paired with wisdom.
6: What? It's- can I support this? <laughs> yeah, you can
3: take an extra. You can take an extra die from. These are I have the zero things that I'm good
6: at.
4: <laughs> zero for technology, zero. and two for wisdom. So this is not. Uh, so do, you you- do you want me to do the rule?
1: You get a, you get a bonus from Lou. You get a oh bonus no, Lou. this is yeah, what okay. you guys are doing.
4: A whole <laughs> one dice, so I'm rolling three dice for this. You're three? That's Woo! fine.
1: Yeah.
6: If you tell me what you're doing, maybe In I can rage, like do the The pack same is action.
5: dying, but let's go look through the telescope. You have We're a to die die, find too. Don't us. forget.
1: So you're rolling four dice, don't forget
5: am rolling four. But doesn't no? Though, doesn't rage? The rage replace the one of her skills? Oh yeah, bags? it replaces. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it replaces. <laughs>
5: Son of a bitch. I rolled
4: a one, a two, and a three. Not <laughs> on the rage dice, so that gets me nowhere. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, Selena, it's Selena,
6: it's Selena for tell her me willpower. <laughs> I'm
4: willpower? Send a willpower, to re-
6: Come on, I gotta do it. Okay, than that. good luck. Oh, I believe my. in you. Let's find Eustace. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
6: Damn it. Oh no. <laughs> well, tell, okay, if you switch with me and hold this and point me in the directions
1: it used to went, well, I can how much did you roll? How much did you roll first of all? Okay. I got one. You, I got a 3 a 4 to 6. As you're moving the telescope around, you do see what looks like the sort of contours of a um, of a large man. Um you can tell that they have kind of pointed ears in some way, so you'd imagine maybe a Glabro-type form or something. You do see that. Um, you can't, I would say, get enough clarity to convince yourself it's Eustace, but you definitely see that there is a, a figure that you would imagine as kind of Glabro-form Garu inside with one success.
4: So, Selina will tell Lou and Duke there's there's at least one of us alive and moving around in there okay it Hopefully what if it's useless, the, but it could be somebody else from our the,
5: the leader of the star walk, stargazers
6: well that's not necessarily a bad thing we want to get the, the loop glue out of there at some point anyway no
5: I what do you suggest we're just gonna go in there? After yes. we've seen four people, dissip- five people disappear?
6: Well, they they have a way of getting in here. This timer is probably how long someone can survive in there. When we got here, it was like 45 minutes. So we know an average like 30 minutes. And, now. 30 minutes. And, and they've got what appears to be maybe ropes or lines going in there, right? So uh, there must be a method. Follow one of those in. I mean, Jock is... Occupied.
4: Well, yeah. Why this
1: conversation is happening in the background? Josh <laughs> is just literally <laughs> ripping people apart. Like it's like you're take half. It's totally fine. You're just ripping people left and right.
7: He did the big uh, silverback gorilla on the back on the backs of these two.
5: <laughs> Blood like sprays on Duke's shoulders, and he kind of flinches. People are just Look, screaming, I'm not, begging.
1: <laughs> okay,
5: I'm not going to go in there, but I can try and perform the right that could banish the spirit, but. There is no guarantee that it's going to work because this thing is a massive cabbage.
6: Can you give us a little bit more rage beforehand as well? Um, Because I actually would benefit from that, too.
5: Well, then we're kind of compromised if I do that. But
6: I I I think we're compromised. Look behind me at the blood fest right now. So
5: what? I can't hear you. Jackson
3: Pollock painting back then.
6: I, I look, I have this song of Forgotten Records up right now, which means none of the cameras are working. So they might come and see the aftermath, but they're not getting any of this.
4: And then just gonna turn around to Lou and just
6: like rake her across the <laughs> arm. Why <laughs> oh, <she's laughs> <I> did you <laughs> just <jokes to> sing?
3: <laughs> okay, I get a rage for that. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs>
1: OK, um, so while you guys are thinking you figure it out, uh, let's 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 hop inside and let's see how Eustace is doing. So Eustace, uh last we saw you, like I said, you were uh, you had just, you know, walked up this small incline of a driveway and then there was a carport that was impossibly dark. Like the whole neighborhood has been dark and there's only been very light you know, a little bit of light coming from those floodlights that they had set up around. But the carper itself, it kind of felt like palpable almost in a way. And as you stepped inside, you you almost felt like it was is sort of pressing down on you, not in a way that was painful, but just in a way that was extremely noticeable. Uh, and you kept hearing like over and over again, the sound of this, um, this like blacksmithing tink, just like tink over and over and over again. And then When you turned around uh, after you got inside of this carport, you saw right there uh, on the driveway that you had just come in, there was this old fashioned television uh, and you you see some kind of like documentary. And as it continues, you can hear the voice of someone like David Attenborough or some other random Discovery Channel voice. And you just see like they're doing some sort of story on like Western sort of Western smithing. And that's what you see in front of you. Um what do you want to do man?
2: Ooh. Uh <clears throat> Hello? <It's>, uh <laughs> <laughs> I do love watching some of this. Uh is anybody there? Uh I'd I'd like to commend your choice of viewing material
1: you uh, watch as the tv starts to go fuzzy uh and then it becomes like this pure screen of static um you no longer hear the tinking but you do hear the sounds of like static again and again and again you, then you start to see like this screen begin to come to again like this like, kind of like squiggly little um, Reappearance, except it seems like the channel has changed, and you just hear like the sound. near an older guy, of what sounds like like Columbo. He's like, I
0: gotta take off this coat, and he's like talking about how I gotta can't take
1: in this coat. And then the screen becomes very clear, and there is there's Columbo taking off his you know just trench his tan trench, and right as he does so, you see falling from the sky this what looks like another bloody uh, fur skin that just splatters onto the driveway itself.
2: Hey, um, well, I guess I'm going to pick up that coat too. Okay. When you Uh, take
1: a step out towards the driveway, you feel your head smash, not painfully, uh, against what feels like glass, like you just walked into like a sliding glass window. You just go, You bang your head against it.
2: Respectfully, whoever you are, I feel like you're being a bit of a dick. I'm going to turn around and go the other way now. <laughs>
1: okay. So, you turn around, back to Columbo now. You just hear him complaining about how he can't think in his coat. And then you see this light suddenly open, uh, and you hear the sounds of like a creaking door, like, mm. and there's just this bright, like, white yellow light uh, on the far side of what you presume is this carport. Can't see anything else uh, other than that the light itself. You can't even see into it, like you're kind of squinting your eyes a little bit, seeing if you can get some depth. And there's just nothing in there that you can see.
2: Hey, what else am I gonna do I just I'm gonna walk through it uh great okay yeah let's do this okay um you make sure I've inside. got the the pellet and the oh, sure the body yeah. with me and yeah
1: you you take a step inside you realize there's a small step like an elevated step and then you find yourself a couple steps later as you go through this um this bright you know, yellow white light that can't really see anything. And then eventually you find yourself in the middle of a kitchen, like, but it's a dated kitchen. Like it's got this kind of yellow Brown linoleum. Uh, it looks like it it there's probably asbestos. It's got this like really like dark wood grain dated looking cabinetry, this kind of greenish formica, uh, Mm -hmm. as, as countertops and such. Uh, and you can tell, like, it is very clearly is like 60s, maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> seven. It's like, like the really gaudy looking colors. And it, it's not that it's in bad shape. It doesn't look like it's worn and old, but it definitely stylistically looks really, really strange. Um, and you kind of just hear periodically just this laugh track, like, <laughs> like this crowd, like something you would hear out of a sitcom.
2: What would you like to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right okay all right so uh we've gone from uh gone from the old west went to colombo now we got ourselves a little sixty sitcom going on here uh you, you seem to like your tv and that that's great um okay so this is this is the kitchen right um yes I uh, keep looking for points of egress. Going to open a refrigerator right. door, open an oven door. Mm-hmm. Just kind of trying to go with the... Not the oven door, actually. I don't feel like crawling into an oven, even if that is okay. what seems <laughs> to be the doorway. You open, you open the refrigerator
1: drawer, and you can see on the door itself, there's all manner of condiments. But then there has been space made in the actual... Refrigerator part and you can see someone is is sort of uh, is sort of slowly Defrosting a big chunk of meat Okay All right, okay, right and then you hear laugh track in the background I should have gotten
2: one then I think of that get it. I'm glad (laughs) I'm providing you some entertainment. That's wonderful (laughs) um Okay, okay, how do I (laughs) wish this up? You know what? I don't feel like following your script, I feel like doing my own thing. I feel like I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna do some perform, I'm gonna do myself a little song. Uh, There's that one song from Red Dead. like the the only compass I need is the one that takes me home to you. I'm going to start singing that. Okay. Basically okay. some sort of my own performance thing that's about a compass that leads you in a direction. And Eustace will just start trying to sing that, just trying to switch the vibe. Because, mm-hmm. you know, spirit world mumbo jumbo, logic doesn't always apply. It's more the, the feel okay. or the vibe of it.
1: Go ahead and roll your performance test. Uh, and give me a charisma with that, actually. Just pure raw charisma. So Eh? performance Riz. Performance
2: Riz.
5: Nice.
1: And let me know how you do. I don't have have another tab up.
2: I got two. Okay.
1: Um, You see the ground, the tile, that little tile floor begin to rupture. Like you see these like little kind of pops as the the upper level of the linoleum itself kind of begins to blister and then pop one after the other, and you see it kind of making this small little curving track in the ground that leads you weaving out of the eleva- or out of the uh, kitchen. I don't know why I said elevator. All
2: right. Well, uh, I imagine you get yourself a nice little remodeling show going on over there. I'm going to move on to something else right now. Uh, thank you for your attention Remember to click like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs>
3: <seen one>
1: <laughs> So you f- you follow the, the blistering linoleum floor. Mm-hmm. okay you find yourself uh, a few steps later on a kind of fuzzy yellowing carpet and when you look up you are in the living room of what you what you you think. Well, that looks sort of like the set of you know, uh, that sort of looks like like oh, I want to say all in the is it all in the family? Archie Bunker, all in the family? Yep. Am I getting all in the right? family. Yeah, all in yep. the family. Oh sort of like all in the family, and you can see like there is like this like recliner, recliner seat where Archie Bunker would normally kind of sit, etc. Except you see not Archie, uh, but you see a bloody heaping body, uh, not unlike the one you've been carrying around.
2: get kind of that gyroo
1: scent to it uh you would think so I mean they don't you don't see any fur on it you don't really see anything uh from a you know that that suggests immediate recognition you could uh make a you know step a little closer and uh do a quick examination of it if you like
2: yeah because I don't like it but if it is one of ours I'm not leaving it in here mm-hmm. so yeah
1: okay Um, as you get closer, um, you, one thing you do notice is despite the fact that it is kind of this skinned body, you can still see like these, these, what looks like loose, uh, or like the under, underbelly of like a tattoo, like the the remnants of one, like as the skin kind of got peeled away and you see what looks like a a series of, of sort of shark fins, uh, right underneath like the neck going from collar, like kind of the collarbone to collarbone. What oh, you know no. is, is Bodhi Darkpaw.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't know exactly how much sense it makes, but I'm going to take that shark tooth necklace. Oh, it's not a necklace. It it's like a tattoo. Is it?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have the shark tooth.
2: Necklace. Yeah. Okay. I have his thing. So, okay. Again, it's one of the things where I don't always know exactly, like, logically how much it makes sense, but, like, we're in the spirit world, so... Sure. You know, I'm gonna take his shark-tooth necklace, put it on him, give him some essence of himself to kind of bring that reconnection of his real-world self versus mm-hmm. whatever the hell this place is doing to him. And just as try to get maybe a little bit of reconnect.
1: Lean down and gently, as best you can, over this this skinless, sort of furless mm-hmm. body and gently put the shark tooth necklace on you see his eyes suddenly pop open uh and we'll cut from there <laughs> uh, as you're gonna need to roll a composure plus resolve for that but we'll, we'll resolve that when we get back the rest of okay. you okay uh we'll go back outside for a little bit so w- what are we doing outside uh outside of this uh this, this hell neighborhood basically we don't. We take we take this
4: we take the. uh almost thermometer. We take the. <laughs> <laughs> it's telescope, my telescope. <laughs> and we go in, and we keep following where it tells us, and we go in, right?
6: Uh, do we do we not want to wait? Jacques, are you done with all the bodies?
7: You see, Jacques. Jacques is throwing computers through walls. No, that's the computers.
5: We You can't tell the down. difference between technology and the humans. No. He's just.
7: The weaver, the weaver, and the worm have to be taken oh, into account. They so are
6: different.
7: He's destroying everything. He they gets his, hands, his claws on. Oh, he's covered in you, crushed circuit boards, bloods, and tears. Are you done though? I don't know. Am I done? Is there anybody left?
1: Uh, not in the immediate area. You would know that yeah. there's probably people elsewhere that may be responding, but. In this, yeah. like you've killed everybody in sight for sure.
7: So, so Jacques is just standing over a pile of, of oh. bodies, of viscera, and broken computers. He's like, Are we going?
6: Yes. Okay. Yes. So Jacques, you see this telescope. Do not break the telescope. It can we see into this. the umbra. So maybe it can see out of the umbra once we're in there as well.
3: He we just, can see. He
7: just, he just looks at you and cocks his head like a dog. He's and Rome he just is, turns and, and runs towards the. Uh,
6: okay. <laughs> Please don't destroy anything. All right, let's go. Uh, Duke, are you coming? Yes, no.
5: Uh no. I'm gonna go try it.
6: Okay, let's go.
5: I can bring you guys out.
4: <laughs> I'm imagining okay. that like Selena and Lou are like running on the same, like we have like the the telescope like under one arm and she's got an under one arm. Uh, is, it's like, much easier two. with
7: two people. <laughs> oh Keystone cops action. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, so the rest, so, so Selena, Jacques, Lou, you run inside like you're, you're okay. Uh, Jacques, are you staying in Krinos or are you downgrade? No, I'll,
7: uh, I'll, I'll drop down into, um, he hates to do it, but I'm going to drop down into Glabro in case he needs to communicate more effectively in there.
1: All right. Um, okay. So the three of you, you come running in, um, and you're carrying that gigantic, incredibly unwieldy telescope with you is that correct
4: lou believes that this can help us <laughs> get in and get out so
1: <laughs>
4: okay. this, this is, is mine now we, we are keeping fight, this but
1: uh okay uh so you come come running in uh for a little while you notice that the ground uh there is a te- there are tethers in the ground Uh, You can see the same things that they were connected to various devices that are now in various states of, you know, being destroyed uh, because uh, of Jacques uh, Frenos rampage. Uh, But you can see that there are uh, there are these they're kind of going straight down the middle, like this big central boulevard within the neighborhood. They kind of move off in the direction you do see these sort of satellite avenues going kind of left and right here and there. Uh, There are no lights on with any of these, these houses, there's no street lights. There's no house, you know, no, no lights in the houses themselves. All you can kind of vaguely see, uh, is whatever kind of light is coming from those floodlights and the ones that are kind of really far away, like on the opposite side of the neighborhood, those, they look strange. It almost looks like you're kind of looking at them through frosted glass, like everything's sort of diffused in some way. Uh, but there, are, there is that kind of vague dullness to it that gives just a, a, a shape to the neighborhood and some of the buildings and, and such. Uh, so this is what you see as you come in um anybody who wants you can make like either a survival or an awareness um actually uh, awareness could time. I
6: uh, drop um the uh, blur of the milky eye and pull up a penumbra sense I am currently in glabro form
1: okay uh, so penumbra sense is specifically going to try to sense spirits um so. You can. What I'll tell you is that you are literally inside of one.
6: Okay, so uh, bad idea.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying it's like you're going to it's it's gonna be not unlike like it's just gonna be brightness yeah. everywhere. Okay. Um, but that yeah, I mean that that's essentially what you're gonna you're gonna see. Mm. Three successes
7: on my awareness which check.
1: Okay. Two successes uh, for Selena. Three successes for both of you? Okay, I'll give you two different bits of information then. Two. Um Two. two for sure. uh, okay, I can still give you two. Um, Jacques, uh, you notice uh, on the ground, and I'll say Lou since you're adding to this with the three sentences as well. The two of you notice on the ground. Eustace, you had made like little markings on the ground, right? Do you remember what those were, Eustace?
2: Yeah, basically, the one of the car- one of the people who were coming to try and rescue had the knife. He was mm-hmm. like an ex-soldier or something, and mm-hmm. I've been doing cuts with the knife to try and create similar, to, like you know, the chalk in the yep. labyrinth sort of thing.
1: And so I'll say Lou and Jacques, the two of you, uh, as you're looking around, um, it's, it's hard to see. It's so very dark, but you can see those, those sort of scrapings and carvings. You obviously don't know. Eustace did it necessarily, but you can see them on the ground and they seem to be venturing off down this side street towards what looks to be a fairly dark looking cul-de-sac. Um, and then Selena, you, as you're looking around, uh, and you can see, like I said, that, the light behind, it looks like it's behind frosted glass. It's diffused in a certain way. Uh, but mm-hmm. you see maybe three blocks over um, on top of a rooftop. Y- you can see what looks like the silhouette of a wolf on top of a roof. Um, and Selena's just
4: going to um, just point and just make sure that Lou and Jacques have full seen and start moving in the direction of that roof.
6: What is a, but, uh, okay, these, uh, these lines on the ground, if we pull them up, can we use them uh, as rope that can hold them back and and keep them with us a little bit or um, the, the cabling so you, or is there too you far would know,
1: So you would know that they are supposed, they seem to be connecting the machinery to the broken machinery they sent inside. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you guys are werewolves. You can rip these apart without an issue. So if you want to, like, tear them up and use them for something, you absolutely can. Um, severing the connection of whoever is that's deep okay. inside this neighborhood. I just I want them, them for care. us.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's I like them to exactly to what Jacques would
7: back.
1: do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just rip apart. Uh, he doesn't want through. them coming back.
3: Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah if you want to tear some apart shocks I'm happy for for that
1: okay uh so yeah if you want to to tear up a couple strands of it that's fine or if you want to kind of rip them apart and redirect kind of which way that you, you're welcome to do that
6: I would so. like the breadcrumbs for us not for them okay uh
1: all right so with all that where do you all where do the three of you head?
4: Selena's moving toward the house that has the or werewolf on the roof, and she's just waiting for them to finish whatever the hell they're doing. And that's uh-huh. <laughs> where go she's going.
1: Do you wait for them, or do you actually just go on your own?
4: I am impatiently like okay. moving, and then looking back, <sighs> and then taking a step, and like okay. waiting. For me. Are you freaking done
6: yet? Okay, get okay. these well, we just, it's, it's good to Okay. Okay. We just—it's—it's good. Backup plans. We're going. We're going. Uh,
1: okay. I will say. Um, hang on. Okay. So when you you're moving you're looking back you're moving you're looking back and on the third time you do it you move you look back and you no longer see Jacques and lou uh damn it you instead see just what looks like a row of houses uh like that is actually perpendicular to the road that you were just on so i asked
3: son of a bitch (laughs) I appreciate <laughs>
1: that you described it the way you did because that let me. Admit it. <laughs> sure, uh, and sure, I'll sure, say sure. Lou and Jacques. Once you two are done, sort of separating the cables and getting them ready, and looking down at the, the scrapings in the ground, you look up and you realize Selena is no longer in sight.
6: Oh, where did she? She went is that way.
7: She's Do a you, soldier of the Green Mother. She'll be fine.
6: Uh, okay. Well. Look, I don't think I would ever say this ever in my lifetime, but we might need to stick together closely.
7: Oh, you're right.
6: This place is fucked up, and um, so we have <laughs> different <laughs> and it's it's not it's not going to benefit us to split apart even if we are warriors of Gaia.
7: Can your telescope find either Eustace or Selena?
6: Yes, um, if you can hold this for a second, I will look through it and see if we can yes. see either of them. Thank you so much.
1: Lou, as you look through the telescope, you see light uh, something very bright and as you kind of shift, And as you as you focus it, you realize you are looking at what looks like a television just sitting right there in the middle of the street. and as you focus on it you realize it is the intro uh, for the odd couple. And you can suddenly start hearing echoing uh, in the Is there the some darkness old-timey you, TV the shows that I've never seen on couple. set? <laughs> it says The Odd Couple. You can see <laughs> it. It's in yellow <laughs> writing.
6: I've, I've known right none there. of these TV shows so far.
7: Jacques was <laughs> here. He's like, You're obviously Felix Hunger. So <laughs>
6: <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So there's a television over there. There's markings here. I don't see them, but it's like a penumbra sense through the telescope. So I think uh, let's follow the markings as it seems to be our hint.
7: Is the television the spirit looking back at us?
6: Would I have an inkling towards that, or an understanding of that? Uh, Uh, Roll
1: occult wisdom. You can roll an occult plus wisdom wisdom test to try to decide, sort of, basically decipher um, some of the things you're seeing. Absolutely.
6: Uh, Occult wisdom or occult wits? Occult wisdom, wisdom.
1: specifically Uh, wisdom. I want on this one. Okay. Okay. Uh,
6: I have three in wisdom, so I will just use one of those ones.
7: Can I try to help out with
1: that? Uh, you can do your own if you want, because I yeah. feel like Lou is.
6: <laughs>
7: Lou,
1: I'm sorry to do this to you. One success. Uh, Don't as, my telescope. As you are looking Whoa. through and you, you're you just watching this, like, this sort of odd couple intro, um, and you're trying to understand what it's saying, as you pull back from it, you unfortunately fumble, and the telescope drops oh, no. and crashes on the on the ground, and it, it shatters into um, I don't know a million pieces. I don't know how, uh, but there's a mil- million pieces at least.
6: Okay, so this telescope essentially works like my number sense. I'm going to have to turn number sense on. but It is going to be very hard for me to see and very bright. Uh, okay, this is going to suck for me.
1: It's just gonna be bright, like you're you're with inside a spirit, which is a, a single like tear falls
6: down my cheek to mm-hmm. mourn the loss of my telescope.
1: Uh, and then Jacques, my with, with one success. <laughs> um, it yeah, I would say one success probably doesn't know anything for certain, but there's it, you you would say it's probably not random, like what you're seeing, anything that's happening, it's probably not random, like spirits are are difficult to understand their motivations and how they're communicating, especially ones of like this size and age and complexity. Um, So whatever it's doing, however, it's kind of, you know, interpreting things, whether it's trying to communicate, it's not a bad guess, but it it really at this point would probably just be a guess. Okay.
7: So uh, in frustration, he crushes the telescope under his foot.
1: (laughs) It is now in 2 million pieces.
6: (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, let's follow the markings, the TV. Yes. Uh, okay. we go this way.
1: So you're going to follow the, the scrapings in the ground, the carvings that, that, okay. All right. So the two of you will go that Selena, you're heading off towards the, uh, their werewolf in the distance. Um, let's touch back then with Eustace, uh, before we hit back to Duke. Uh, so Eustace, last we saw you, you were, uh, you had just apparently woken up Bodhi, uh, by putting the shark tooth necklace over mm-hmm. top of his 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 neck, basically <clears> where his collarbone <throat> is, and his eyes. So, you say composure resolve. He said, Composer resolve." It's a it's a it's pretty gross. Uh, which is again, you're a werewolf, so it's not that big a, a deal. But it's more of a he's a he's a friend, so to speak, uh, and you're seeing him in significant pain.
2: I may or doesn't matter. I got two. Uh, it's a brutal outcome. So what I'll yeah,
1: say really is, yeah. As you, you're not going to hurt him or anything, but what I'll say is as you, um, as you stumble backwards from it, like, like he just, he just sort of shocked you. Like you, his, he just suddenly popped up a little bit and his face just varies blood and gore started to squirt from different places between the tissue. You just stumble backwards and you crash into a television and it goes shattering to the ground. Uh, the pelt you're carrying kind of gets caught up a little bit in the shards of glass and torn a little bit, and you just kind of you, you just sort of roll around a bit. And I'll say, go ahead and take um, take two points of superficial willpower uh, from this okay. from this uh, uh, from this instance right. here. Okay. But All right. All you right. do see sitting up is what you think is Bodhi. You can't see his face, obviously, <gasps> and he's just in this constant state of trying to like suck in enough air.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, okay. If I'm seeing that, and uh, Rosie, she's the one that had the Annie Lennox record, right? Yeah, that's correct.
1: Uh, actually, no, that was Tyler. I think it was Tyler. Tyler Moon Song.
2: I'm mixed up. I.
1: That's no, okay. Uh, I think it was Tyler. Tyler Moon Song uh, had the Annie Lennox. Uh, she was the one that was the Annie Lennox thing, and um. Then, so I made sure to
2: grab something for each
1: of them. Yeah, you grab, you grab something for each of them. I don't have that Rosie was the
5: hunter. I remember that.
2: Yeah, Rosie was a hunter. That's right. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Basically, I apologize. I had lots of fun technical difficulties before I could get things loaded, so I don't have the, my little pad, my notes. I can't get it to launch. Yeah, I think I uh, grabbed the I, wrong one. I have my frag notes right here, so that's the wrong game. So um, basically, whatever her memento was that I made sure to grab before I came in here, mm-hmm. Just to experiment, I want to put that in her hands, seeing and, that the the shark tooth yeah. necklace made him pop up. See if that maybe does the same for her. I think it was like a hunting knife. Uh, oh, okay, so she's the one that had the knife. Okay, yeah.
1: So I think if you you kind of put it in her hands and you sort of wrap your wrap her hands about it, and and she was kind of moving list you know listlessly within the uh, underneath the the, the platter, um, and as you do, you just hear her. <gasps> Suddenly begin sort of breathing in this like intense, painful moment, and her her wrist tightens. I'll say because it just happened, no need to roll composure resolve again. I think you knew it was coming, and so, and so now the two of them are just like in this constant state of trying to breathe, like they're almost asthmatic in a way. Um uh, but they are conscious, their eyes are wide open, um
2: and they're near you. Okay. Well, at least that means they can stumble. So I'm going to have one lean on this shoulder and one lean on this shoulder. Okay. And uh, I'm going to look for a doorway.
1: Yeah, it looks like a house. There's a door, goes outside right there, window, couple, like there's a hallway that goes to. I'm sure it's fine.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to walk out of here. And, uh, you're going to be fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just you... keep humming the song from earlier. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm.
1: You are you like the Annie Lennox mm-hmm. song or no, no, no. The, the Red Dead uh, Redemption. Song, okay. Yeah. But in, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you want to leave the house? Do you want to go out the front door?
2: I think so. I think momentum is good. I feel like staying still is just begging to be eaten. Okay. You step outside um,
1: and you can see... If possible, maybe
2: take a moment to grab I know the pelt fell into the glass. Sure. I'll try and you drape that back it. O- drape it back over her before we leave. Yeah, you can grab it. It's just like, it's just kind of
1: torn here and there and kind of covered in shards of glass and and, and various like splits of wood. Uh, and as you step outside, you are back in the neighborhood. Uh, you can definitely tell that. Um, I would say... You, when you step outside the door, though, it does feel a little awkward, like like you're not in a driveway or you're not in a front yard. You just sort of feel like you're right dead set in the middle of a, a street. And when, when you turn around, you can see right there in the middle of the street. There is a door that's just dead center doors wide open. You look through it and you can see the other side of the street and lean around it and you can see through it like it's just a door just upright in the middle open and you are in the middle of the dark neighborhood like a twisting
2: boulevard somewhere okay all right so i got two out of three mm-hmm. um maybe it is time to change pace uh change tactics maybe uh get a little uh some sweet dreams going <laughs> <laughs> um something okay. to help kind of like change my mentality from i'm i'm glad i wore my brown pants today And I'm just gonna. Uh,
1: Okay. You start humming that. Um, and you hear the sounds at a certain point of, well, it sounds like barking, uh, that seems to harmonize with you, like yipping in some way. And as you're, it's not, they're not singing. It's not communicating. It's just like this yipping high pitched bark. It doesn't sound like a wolf as much as it sounds like a coyote or something like that. Or, um, but it kind of has that higher register and you just hear it and it's coming and like, it, it just, it sounds like there's a, there's like a hundred of them nearby. It's just, it's almost overwhelming to the point where you're just sort of disoriented for a moment.
2: okay, great. Let's just, you know, one step after the other towards the weird, but mm-hmm. always moving.
1: And I'll say as you follow, you're kind of, going down like this grassy path between two of the door uh, two of these these homes and as you emerge into the backyard you can see that there is a pool or at least the the empty you know bed for the pool and when you look over it you can see that there are probably about 40 or 50 coyotes that seem to be in the middle of this Kind of massive like fleshy redness and they're all kind of yipping and biting and, and 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 like tearing away at various uh various pieces of tissue uh and we'll come back to you in a second uh, and we will go to check in with duke duke you're outside nothing's weird um yeah it's everything totally everything everything looks normal but you're now the only one out here there are i know bodies galore uh everywhere Uh, There's been a lot of ruckus. There's been gunshots. There's been um, attempts at communication that were broken down uh, because of loose gremlins. So I would say Duke is smart enough to realize that there are other dangerous folk around with guns. And although, you know, they're not silver bullet, they are still potentially dangerous to you.
5: So what would you want to do? Um, His first thought would be to see if there is still like a tent that is like intact. Sure. In this area. Yeah. Okay. That's so Duke would like to go into one of the tents and that's where he wants to start performing the ritual. Like somewhere secluded and safe where, you know, maybe they won't look, but, okay. um, yeah. So I think what he does is he starts to undress and as he does, you see, I guess we've never really seen Duke naked maybe, but he's just completely scarred and there's so many scars for either from himself, from other werewolves. You have no idea, but um, and then as that happens, his claws start to kind of grow and he starts to scratch and claw himself, and with the blood, he starts to draw the symbols for the right. Okay. But he's going um, like way too far. Like he's hurting himself, like he's going mm-hmm. like it's it's not something that Duke's ever done before, but he's desperate.
1: Um, so let's let's roll a test, but I'll say this for every point of superficial damage you take, you can get an extra die on the roll.
2: I don't know.
5: Okay. What do you think?
2: Ooh, sure. go bigger go, big go home.
5: Yeah. I mean, Duke doesn't get hurt, you know, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like, he's, he's trying to think outside the box of like what he could do to amplify it because he knows what he's against is, you know way beyond him and yeah, he okay. like it's like it's to the no brink sense. too where he's like it's like on the borderline of him sacrificing for the pack just like he it he, he so can't control trying. it eventually you know it's like it's like he's just doing it and it's just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. becoming so like,
1: this is right of abjuration so you're trying to effectively yeah. like expel so, so, commonly, this is used for like uh, possessions or infestations of some kind. And so you're trying to essentially expel the spirit from this neighborhood in some fashion.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I so like, I need to roll plus something that has plus two, and then I get plus five dice. Oh, I need to re roll three of them.
1: Okay. So five so far.
5: I need I'm six. Gonna,
1: I'm gonna willpower
5: roll this. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just do all the green ones. Mm-hmm.
3: Ooh. Oh my!
5: Nice. Uh, that's eight. eight successes. Okay.
3: Wow.
1: How, how much? How much physical uh, or how much superficial damage did you take from it?
5: I think I think it Duke doesn't know. Like I, as a character, Evan did five, but I think Duke okay. himself like goes way too far.
1: Okay. So what we see then is like this, like you're, you're drawing these images in the ground and you're kind of doing it in your own blood, essentially drawing these runes and these glyphs and you're, you're drawing it around the tent as best you can. You're using, you know, maybe you have bits and pieces of your friends, you know, your pack mates, this thing or that thing, these various objects that might kind of much like Eustace was doing with the missing pack kind of tether to them as well. And and like you're constantly needing more because for some reason the ground just keeps seeping and taking the blood and so over and over and over again to the point where the ground just becomes this soggy mess not unlike just a few steps away where Jacques just obliterated the technical crew and all of this is gonna say this we're just gonna say this takes a while and like we yeah, can yeah. see behind you we had the clock that was been ticking down this whole time right and we can see like over and over like this this clock is ticking down and this is a good like. 25 30 minutes this whole process of you just like ripping and, and going through and i'll say eventually um you do see the ground no longer begin to to take the blood anymore it's just there and then as you reach the end of it you watch as like your own blood begins to like like kind of rupture and boil in some ways you can see it kind of roll around like in these rivulets in the ground uh and you can see Somewhat similar to when you were inside the umbra when you first appeared in this this giant like bulbous spirit Had those tendrils whipping free here and there you see them kind of erupting up out of the blood in the ground like sort of earthworms coming up and That's when you hear like the sounds of Just something moving and you just hear Like this like slow but extremely loud like moving of earth. And when you peek outside, you notice that the tethers have kind of dragged what looks like whatever it was connected to. And you can see that the, like there's like the two closest homes to where everybody was set up are essentially like bifurcated on like this 30 degree angle and have kind of like slid off in a particular way. And as you watch, you're just seeing row after row of these houses just continue to like kind of fracture and slide, fracture and slide. But as they do, electricity pops up here and there. Like you notice like a like a like a half broken street light suddenly kind of flickers back to life and like a house kind of flickers back to life and slowly one after the other. You just watch as this as this like neighborhood kind of comes back to life but at the same time is heavily damaged in the process as well. You get the sense like it, like the, this, the spirit is like leaving this place. It is actually detaching or or, or abandoning it in some way. You also hear, uh, shouts of what the fuck is happening? I don't know. Why are cops? that Like all these people screaming back and forth and the sounds of footsteps, like, like people running left and right. And, you know, there's people around, um, I'll say that no, no role necessary for this. Uh, your awareness is probably high enough that you can see there are groups of people like the ones that Jacques initially attacked and you froze that one time, carrying weaponry, and they're looking around. They're like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" They're not looking at you necessarily, but they're looking at the torn up, destroyed area where all the bodies of the technicians are. Looking at these destroyed homes, this the tether that's dragging, literally dragging. The, the leftover equipment on the ground as the spirit seems to shift and move away. Um, you are currently unseen though. Uh, but how does Duke want to handle this?
5: I don't, I think he is still like so entranced with everything that he's like just huffing and puffing in the blood. Like he's not even like he okay. hears it, but he's not reacting to it. Like, okay. and if they were to come, he probably would just submit. Like he's, he doesn't, he okay. just seems so like he gave everything he had to try and make it work.
1: All right, let me see. Okay, they um, they don't immediately notice you. They're, they seem to be a little bit more uh, th- sort of paying attention to, to the, the bodies in the ground. And they're trying, some of them are getting close to the edge of the neighborhood. They're, no, 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 don't move, don't move, not there, not there. Uh, because there's markings, if you call, they put markings mm-hmm. in the ground to kind of denote like where the, the perimeter is. And we'll come back. We'll come back to, to Duke to see if see how long it takes them to find you. Let's go back inside. Uh to uh we'll go to Selena. Selena, you were going after this uh, silhouette of a of a wolf mm-hmm. on the uh, on the rooftop wolf on a few roof. blocks away. You do yeah. turn around and notice you're all by yourself now. Um what'd you like to do? Stupid Freaking!
4: I mean, I want the telescope is helpful, but like, really? We mm, mm, mm. Um, so by herself, she's just gonna like go quickly towards that wolf.
1: Uh, Okay, Um, running. I'm gonna need from you then a uh, a roll though. I need you to roll. You can either roll um, a cult uh, or wisdom. Uh, one of the two is essentially just like you're trying to traverse the Umbra is essentially what you're doing. So uh so you can do like um Occult. You can do like a occult wits, you can do like wisdom survival, whatever kind of combo, as long as it at least has at least one of wisdom or occult.
4: Uh yeah, occult wits. Uh that is three successes.
1: Okay. Um, it takes a couple, it takes a couple blocks before you, you kind of reach and it, it gets very strange because it's like you, you pass one block and you look up and it still seems to be three blocks away. You pass another block, still seems to be three blocks away. You do it again the next time suddenly you're right at the base of the, the house and you're looking up. Like the distances just don't make sense. This looks like you haven't progressed, haven't progressed, haven't progressed. And then immediately you're at the base mm. of the house and you can see, uh, at You know, on one of the slopes, uh, the gables of the of the house itself, you can see there is a very large wolf uh, that's just sitting there and just staring kind of upward at that point.
4: All right. I am going to see if I do a better job this time. I'm going to try to hair's leap on the roof.
1: <laughs> OK, give it a roll.
6: <laughs>
1: I'm just
4: curious. Hey. How much
6: rage do you have right now?
4: One okay. That's all I could get.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you, you can still do the thing, though. Like you
1: can still do the thing. You just kind of run out of rage, and then you drop out of your. So, but you can still you, like your your action will still will still go through. Um, so make the make the the test for your your hair's leap.
4: Okay. Um, so it's strength plus glory. So I'm just gonna pick uh, brawl plus strength because it's the same number of dice.
1: When I described the fact that there was a werewolf on a roof, did you immediately get the idea to jump on the roof? And that's why you were so excited to run off by yourself.
4: Uh no, but once I got here, I was like, How am I getting up there? Okay. Seriously. <laughs>
1: oh god. <laughs> One success. Okay. <laughs> It is it is not the most um elegant <laughs> leap. Uh at a certain point, like like you 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 hop up um and it's one of those kind of like sort of orange tiled roofs and they kind of slide and slide out from under you and it's like almost like this comical Disney moment <laughs> when you start moving uh just a little too much. And right as it feels like you're it looks like you're about to fall, you feel uh kind of a kind of a hand, like a clawed, like rough hand on your wrist. And you look up and you see an older looking man, um, probably 70s, 80s, something like that. Um, he is in glabro form, as you can see the tufts of fur here and there. Uh, you can see his ears have, uh, have the, you know, resemble some sort of pointed, uh, pointed canine-like ear. And when he pulls you up, uh, he kind of, Relatively friendly looking face. But when you notice, and you look at him, you notice that his face is like in this constant state of like disintegration and repair. And so you see the skin just like rip apart and then restitch and like rip apart and, and stitch back together. Same with his, his hand, his arm, his forehead, everything's like in this constant state, this like extremely painful disintegration. And then like us, like the, and you can tell that the regeneration isn't quite as fast uh, but you would imagine it's extremely painful. But he looks at you and um, he's got this sort of very
0: sympathetic look on his face as he looks down at you and he's he just says, uh, uh, I am Orin Moonshadow. You yes, should not I have
4: come. F- hoping to find you.
0: Hmm. Actually. You have found me. And I am I lament that.
4: Is what is happening to you happening to everyone in here?
0: Some are further along. Some, the impatient, the youth. It will happen faster. Others, we can hold it off longer.
4: Have you seen seen a a new arrival. We just a member of our pack just we just followed him in. Hmm.
0: There were others but not recent. It has been days. They were they were reckless judgmental people. They did not listen. They dragged me inside. They did not listen. Hmm. They called me liar and betrayer and believed I was trying to hurt them. And despite my protests, they were too strong for me. But we are all inside now and there is no leaving. As Gaia wills it.
4: We we met with Lucretia. And we Ah. were unsure. Did she not warn you? No, she, she, to be fair, she did.
0: Good. So you chose not to listen again.
4: We we are stubborn. We believe that all effort must be expended.
0: A mule is stubborn. You are something different. Too
4: too many members of our sept had been lost to not do everything that we thought we
0: could. Yeah. Sometimes you have to let go.
4: So, what are you... We could find a way out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is not how it works cannot find a way out. You must uh, be given one. You must appease. Uh, this is a uh, spirit of consumption. Consumes fear and anger and greed and gluttony. Minds and memories. It is uh, it's machinations of this spirit is beyond... Our ability to understand. What pleases it. That is. Not something I know. My pack and I. We have shepherded this creature. We have cared for it. We have tended to it. And I will not be the first. To have fallen victim to it as well. And if we. its shepherds. Do not merit. Some form of mercy from it. I do not believe it is likely that you all win.
4: Well, I, I do know that we have a very old, very, very old wolf among us who has an idea for what may be able to separate this spirit from this area. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he may succeed.
0: That is, that is dangerous. It separates. Where would it go? We have been, as I said, capable of leading it like a carrot on a stick. Taking it to one place or the other. Ensuring it does not cause too much destruction. Only what, places what you use where it is deserved. We have a ritual. This bed of sorts. Mm. It is song. It enjoys song. We sing to it. And it follows us.
4: Interesting. What 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 know you of the researchers in the area? They seem to have a countdown clock and tethers and they seem to have figured something out.
0: Uh, many have come to this place, this spirit, in my lifetime and beyond. Scientists, mages, others who believe themselves in tune with spirits. Uh, many have tried to communicate, coerce, enslave. They were unsuccessful. I hold no, uh, Confidence that this new will be able to put the yoke on this creature.
4: To ask the obvious, have you tried from inside to sing the song and see if that will urge its movement?
0: I have. I have sung. I am on the rooftop and I howl to the sky. It is a beautiful sight. And when you look up in the direction where he's looking, Selena, it's just black. Like you don't see anything, but he
1: seems like he's like his, you can see in his eyes, like he is just enamored by something
0: beautiful. If, I have some, yeah. I do not think it can hear me. Not in any way, uh, but it normally does.
4: Perhaps multiple voices travel farther?
0: You wish to sing?
4: I can try, and she has clearly lost the wolf. So she. Okay. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, Roll a performance test. Uh, you can take a uh, you can take a bonus die from aura and Moon Moonshadow. Give me your hand.
4: Um. Since I've got Nada in performance, what am I pairing performance with?
1: Uh, you can do. Um, I like charisma in this particular case, uh, cause it really is about just sort of like your natural, uh, affinity. Uh huh. Does have that either?
0: <laughs> I've, got is, I've got two. I've got two. So is. I'll Never be rolling really three days. <laughs> <riz>. <laughs> Stuck I'll roll in it here in here forever.
4: Um, Okay.
1: We'll power that one up. One success. One success. That's a ten. Do you want to re-roll those other two, and maybe you get a crit? Crit, yeah. Could you get a crit. You already <laughs> got. You're already halfway there. Yeah, that? Will are gonna
5: die? Up. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, it's one of two. <laughs> I mean, we'll
4: put it that way. Uh, no crit with three successes.
1: No crit with two successes. Okay. Um, Selena, you you listen. For a bit as he kind of goes through this. It's it's more like a it's like a chant and a howl. Like it's you can see it's both like it's both his human voice, but also like you see as he's doing so the wolf howl kind of comes out, and there's just kind of back and forth between it, where it sometimes it sounds human, sometimes it sounds sounds wolf. And you do your best to follow along, harmonize, he kind of looks at you and kind of nods and encouragement. And at a certain point the two of you become very in sync with it to the point where like you sound in perfect harmony and as you're doing so you feel kind of the earth rumble a little bit and then you notice that the sky has brightened for you and when you look up you no longer see this like her like this this impossible black uh, opaque sky but instead you see this beautiful colorful like unlimited space that just seems like you're looking at the galaxy at the universe all the way back to its inception you just see galaxies and stars you see comets moving at speeds that seem impossible right and you just you look up and you can finally see what he actually sees and i'll say at this point you can actually restore a willpower as you feel this calmness suddenly overtake you um While that's happening, let's kick over to Jacques and Lou. Um, You had followed these tracks, and I'll say you get to the cul-de-sac where we saw Eustace. Uh, You see in front of you, uh, there is a lengthy dining table sitting in the middle of this concrete cul-de-sac. You can see that there are somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 15 to 20 seats. Um, There is a large silver platter uh, in the middle. And various other fixtures and furnishings on top of it. Uh, and you hear like the bell, like this like this dinner bell. There's ringing over and over. Uh, what do you two do? Just Is there to-
7: anybody at the table?
1: Uh, we'll say that you are at the entrance to the cul-de-sac and you can see maybe 50 feet away. From this distance, you don't see anybody.
6: Um, Lou does, uh, I did activate number sense, um, and I got three successes on it. So it is probably quite bright for me right now.
1: It is quite bright, but I will also say that you noticed one, something else, Lou, as you're looking at the, uh, at the table, uh, both of you are looking, Jacques, you mentioned like you probably said like you don't see anybody, you don't see anybody, but then Lou, you see what looks like these bright contours of light begin walking towards the table. You can see they're kind of glowing in some way. They're the spirits, smaller spirits, and as and like you see them first, and then eventually Jacques, you see them as well. But when you see them, Jacques, they look just like people, and they begin taking seats around this table. Lou, you saw them at a distance coming from the darkness, and as they sit down, you can still see like the physical body of a human, but it's illuminated almost from the inside, like you're looking at like an incandescent light bulb uh, in the shape of a human. And this is what you, the two of you, see as they sort of sit down uh, to this dinner.
6: There's a lot of spirits in here. Mm-hmm. Let's see
7: what we can find out from them. Jacques well, will approach the table.
1: Okay, uh, you see a dozen and a half people, uh, men and women. Uh, you can see women are mostly dressed in some kind of like uh, kind of flowery sundress, something you know, kind of loose, light colored. You see the men tend to be dressed in and they have like trousers and they've got long sleeve and they have a lot of them have suspenders and they have hats they take off when they sit down they definitely look like like working folk i would say both of you can immediately tell they look out of time like they might be like a you know like a mennonite you know group or or more likely they look to be like something from like a like a frontier town or maybe from a commune or something like that but they don't they certainly don't look like normal everyday modern dress uh, as, as jack is
7: as Jacques is walking up he kind of over quietly uh asks Lou can you tell if they are of the wild, of the worm or of the weaver?
6: As uh, they are orange, let me uh can I investigate <laughs> the
1: spirits? Uh very sure. orange. Uh roll a cult test. Uh, give me a cult uh intelligence or wits whatever you prefer
6: okay i let me do so we'll grab the
1: two successes is all you probably need for this
6: well uh you that's got it. good that's good
1: that's good <laughs> uh they look nothing like any of the spirits that you are most familiar with the weaver and hmm. they certainly don't look to have the kind of corruption that's commonly associated with the worm so you would probably mm-hmm. Conclude that these look uh, like spirits they, of the
6: wild. They don't have the creepy black gunk that comes in. <laughs> so there's a the pure orange. So, no, uh, none of the bad ones, uh, but they're not my spirit sizes or some third party.
7: So, when Jacques gets close, he'll, he'll dip his head in his shoulders and let out a small growl. And he'll say, Greetings to the children of the green mother. I ask your forgiveness for the interruption.
1: Roll an etiquette test. This is going to go well. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, what, take a bonus. I mean, take a bonus <laughs> okay. die because you, you, you know, you role played it in a way that was very respectful. So take a bonus. bonus
4: I didn't imagine Jock was one for etiquette.
7: Etiquette,
1: uh, composure, charisma, manipulator. Composure sounds good. Or charisma. I'll take either of those two. It's fine.
7: we'll, we'll, we'll go with composure. Okay. Uh, and one bonus die.
6: Hello, no-spirit friends. Nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> hey, what's up? That <laughs> so uh, was
6: very good. So Well, Le Jacques is, like, introducing himself. Uh, wow. Lou's just going to look around Researches. a little bit to see if the time period that they're in has changed, like the uh, cul-de-sac.
1: Uh, no, the cul-de-sac, I would say, it, it looks very much like a like a... Modern suburb, like a modern okay. pre-planned kind of same style homes, slight variations, but they all look very similar. Um, and it looks just like what you saw when you looked it up online. Okay. Um, Jacques, when you lean in and you are very respectful, um, you kind of announce yourself. You hear the sounds of uh, something dragging on the ground and you see that a chair, uh, not occupied, has slid out from the table just like two seats over towards you. And you can see like a few of them, their heads kind of turn in the direction of the empty pulled out chair.
7: And so Jacques will sit and nod. Thank you. As a warrior of the green mother, a protector of the wild, I would beg information from you. What tribute do the spirits here require to free the warriors of Gaia from your embrace so that we may carry out her needs in the world of man against the weaver and the worm
1: you you actually hear a um you hear a woman uh, a woman's voice at the far end of the table uh begin to hum and then a second one begin to hum and then a man's voice with a little bit more baritone to it comes in and they all are just kind of just humming like each one of them. And it creates this, this sort of, uh, almost like a, almost like a, like a religious or like Catholic chant in a way, as you kind of hear all the voices kind of come together in this sort of choral, uh, a kind of conglomeration. It's beautiful. It's, it's unsettling. Uh, at times here and there, as some of the chords seem to sort of fall away, like to infinity at times, but then come back. Uh, but they, they just keep going on and on Their blue, as you're watching them, they're, they're very innards Their Their incandescence grows even brighter. Uh, and they, and it just begins to glow in the cul-de-sac itself to the whole, until the whole place it just becomes this sort of bright, uh, this sort of bright little bubble, um, of light. And that's that's how they respond to you, Jacques.
6: Oh, Jacques, it's quite beautiful. There's a or we're in the bubble of of light almost now, spiritual energy.
1: Um,
7: Jacques will try to harmonize with them.
1: <laughs> try. So <laughs> okay. a reason
6: I'm not trying.
1: So Jacques, roll a performance test. Uh, mm-hmm. Another and, of his strong
7: suits, by the way.
1: <laughs> I Didn't like that we're seeing we're seeing this other side of Jacques. Uh, okay, <laughs> he's still coated in blood. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. <laughs> the they don't seem to care about that at all. Uh, yeah, role performance. Um, I think charisma is going to make the most sense in this case. Yeah,
7: this is going to be. Do we have any audience dice? I'd I'd, I'd love. That's to a have great one
5: point. I don't. I don't do. know. That's like a- we <laughs> like never use any. Yeah,
1: we do.
7: We do. Oh, you guys do. do. I think we stopped using. I don't. It. I don't yeah. I will use one because my charisma is two and my performance is zero. Mm Me
3: too.
1: Okay. Uh, Two successes. Two successes really isn't uh, that bad, to be honest. Um, It's, I would say maybe Jacques noticed it. Lou, you definitely notice it. It's not perfect. Like there's there's sort of a slight. It's slightly off key, but there's enough voices that it definitely blends. And so unless you have like perfect pitch, you probably don't pick up on it. But um, at a certain point, the that that big silver platter begins to rattle. It's like like no one's lifted it off. It just, it's like you could see this big, almost comically large silver covering for a platter in the middle of this long dining table. And it just starts to rattle.
7: Jacques will look to the woman who is speaking to him. May I lift the platter?
1: And then she, the spirit, the woman will look back to you and she'll just sort of nod and she'll smile like this bright, bright smile. Lou, when she smiles, like like her, it's almost like a flashlight coming out of her mouth.
7: And he quickly says a prayer to the Green Mother, thanking her uh, for this moment, even with these spirits, even if it leads to his death. Uh, and he will lift the lead to the platter.
1: And what you find inside is a, um, a, a furless, skinless, bleeding body of a woman. Um, go ahead, Lou and Jacques, make composure resolve tests. Okay. As you see this.
6: Uh, that is uh, not good. Oh, dear.
1: A little shocking. A little shocking. All right, how do we do? Oh, you're both okay. Three and four, you're both okay. Um, it's a little startling, but not to the point where, like, you know, that, that it's going to sort of bother you too much. Um, and I'll say that with the two of you here, like, you see this this body. You see uh, it's definitely a woman. Um, you, you know of the missing people. Um, there is one... That is very tall. There's a very tall woman in her sort of like late thirties or so, uh, Tyler moon song. And you see a fairly tall woman without fur and skin having been peeled away, slightly writhing here and there. And she is right there on the platter. Majak asks,
7: may I take this Garu into the real so that she may heal and fight to protect the mother?
1: And you just see another like really bright, wide smile and kind of a nod at that point.
7: And Jacques will lean in and and cradle this this woman in his arms that he has assumes is this missing mm-hmm. guru and uh and bows and and once again says a quick thank you to the Green Mother as he backs away from the table.
1: Absolutely. Um we will cut at that point over to Eustace, who was standing in the middle of a street with a door. You have two other bodies uh, that you've been carrying around and one kind of torn Mm -hmm. glass-covered, partially shredded uh, werewolf fur. Um, Eustace, uh, give me an awareness test. Okay. Awareness and wits probably? Wits is fine, I would say. Yeah, wits is good. Or, uh, you two things, um, as actually, no, the last thing we saw, you I, I apologize. The last thing we saw is you were standing over top of a pool Ooh, looking down, at a pool filled of coyotes and flesh. My bad. Uh, as you're standing there, uh, how uh, it, it is, it is like a kind of a horrific looking sight, but you guys are all werewolves. So I often feel like gore, unless it's like, like it's like unexpected, is probably, or this is with somebody that's that you personally recognize, is probably not that big a deal for you all. We um,
4: travel with Jacques. I was about to say, <laughs> Jacques is part of the party. The regular. <laughs> like, as long as it's
1: not like one of your own that has ripped the shreds in front of you, I feel like you guys can probably keep it together. Um, so you, as you're looking down at them, at these coyotes, you notice all of a sudden, for the first time, uh, this almost like explosion of light from the other side of the neighborhood. You just see just this bright, huge light, like the Griswold house just suddenly turned on for the first time just there it goes and it just stays there um you hear the coyotes below just like start to freak out when that happens and they're all they're continuing to yip and yap and they and like as the light tries to push its way down into the depths of this pool you can see they start huddling in like the dark corners and they're like not letting themselves be touched by that the the light that's kind of shutting down it's the first time you've seen light of any sort within the neighborhood
2: all right. If I am I still getting that weird like echo response from doing the song for the uh sweet dreams thing? Does it still yeah. lead me in a certain direction?
1: Yeah, you still you still hear it. Um I would say that you can see like when you when you kind of hum and or was it the I think it was a Red Dead one, right? You you're humming Red Dead?
2: Well, I the, switched over because I was trying to find I had found right. two out of the three. So now I am okay. tra- switching over to the Annie Lennox song, because I knew I have the record that's an Annie Lennox record. Four successes? So will find the third.
1: Uh, we'll roll our awareness over to this as well. Uh, you do, in fact, hear in the direction of that giant bright light, the sounds of, of, like, humming. It's not, it's not the song, it's like this background sort of melody, and it's not the melody of the song, but it's like this background sort of complementary like weaving, and as, you, mm-hmm. as you're humming it, it, it It's not perfectly timed, but it's certainly, you could hear from wherever that gigantic light is coming from.
2: Yeah, I'm going to start going that way, but before I do, do I get the feeling like these are legitimately coyote spirits? Does it feel... Uh, You can roll an occult test. See if Uh, so, uh, I want to try and encourage them to follow me.
1: Okay, uh, occult um, wits or int, whatever you prefer.
2: Was
4: there a body that the coyotes were?
1: No, it's like a pool filled with just like meat.
4: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a singular body. One. Um, if that's what you're feeling, if that's what Eustace is feeling, I don't see any reason to, to deter you from that.
2: I mean, this thing's been feeding an area that would have a lot of coyotes. It, does, it seems reasonably in line. I'm going to do my best to kind of... I can see that they're kind of all starting to kind of get a little scared of the light,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And they're kind of just in a feeding mentality, kind of a panic mentality. And I just want to set myself up composurely-like, right? An example, <laughs> you might say. And then use my animal kin to kind of show them <sighs> walking away from this darkness towards the light to see if I can pull some of these coyote spirits with me because hey man you know I gotta pull the pack but if you can bring some of these spirits too why not it's the right Uh, thing to do
1: I think you've already defined the role so animal Ken (laughs) slash
2: sweet and I got a bonus because I'm a heart warden (laughs) Made
4: that easy. Remind me next time I'm describing something I'm doing to use <laughs> the skills, the adjective. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Five. Five successes. Uh, they like, they immediately look up at you and it's like you see them, they just start leaping and climbing over themselves to get out of the pool. Some of them get stuck inside and they kind of run over and you see them come up the stairs here and there. A few of them just hop up. They do this wonderful hair's leap that just pops up out a problem. And you see that there's now near you. They're all kind of nipping at you here and there, like sniffing and like kind of biting, but not in like a, you know, more of like in a playful or curious sense. And you have a swarm
2: of coyotes around you. Okay. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not not enjoying the nipping, but I feel like it was the right thing to do. And I'm going to go towards the light.
1: Uh, so you start traveling in the direction of the light. I want to cut back to Duke. Uh, Duke, you have thus far gone gone unobserved, but you can tell that they're starting to panic. And you, and I'll say as you're coming back and more and more to sort of awareness of of your state and what's around you, you start to hear a conversation like, "What the fuck happened to these things? Why is it? What the hell? Oh no!" And then, and then like, there's also a few times they like they call down into like different teams and like respond, respond. And like, no one's responding. Like the gremlins are still kind of kicking in here and there. Um, and then they start giving orders like fan out, fan out. And you hear, uh, you know, boots kind of starting to move around. And then one voice is like, clear the tents, clear the tents. And so that's probably maybe what kind of gets your, your focus. Um, so what do you do, Duke?
5: Uh, yeah, Duke and his exhaustion will kind of sigh and then covered in blood. He's just going to play dead.
1: Oh my goodness. That's a wonderful idea. Okay. Because you are in human form, right?
5: Yeah, I'm human. I'm naked, covered in blood. Okay. Um, nice. I had a long time to think about what I was going to do. Yeah. Sorry. You guys are all split up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: um performance maybe or survival because i feel like that might I mean, that might also try to come work play in here.
5: the adjectives you want oh, let me <laughs> let me <that's> adjective <laughs> let me persuade them that i, I want to
1: i want to act see dead bodies are like pieces of history
5: so <laughs> Um, yeah I think like academics right like I want
7: to <laughs> really get a study of what it looks like to be yeah, yeah exactly <laughs>
6: exactly.
1: I think composure makes the most sense because you're trying to keep yourself still. Uh, so I would say composure uh i I think performance makes sense I, a stealth is fine I even take survival in some cases uh, so Ooh. one of those three whichever skill of those you want paired with composure okay. and it'll be it'll be contested.
5: By their yeah, own. I'm probably not going to succeed. But that's okay. Do yes. you want a uh,
4: audience? We got there's a surprise. lot of uh, donations. We got uh,
5: no, I like to. Then. I'll let it roll. It's okay.
1: Evan takes, Evan takes the long lead approach. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. <let's see.
4: laughs> the game didn't composure. come with audience bits. I'm yeah, not it's rolling.
1: Very purist.
5: Very purist. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not a part of the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> composure, survival. I'll just re-roll. Two successes. Two successes so far. Maybe get one more. All right. Uh, Not horrible for three (laughs) dice.
1: You needed three. You did need three (laughs) because two was not going to be enough. So they come in.
4: Oh, this is going to be so hard. I don't know. (sighs) succeed. But it's Duke.
1: It's fine. on my three. Blood on the ground. And you you hear like, got another one. And like you just feel a boot as they kind of kick your side. Yeah, this one's dead to blood. freaking it. What the hell happened here? Uh, and uh, like they look around inside the tent a bit and there's like destroyed tech. Like Lou is probably crying somewhere. Uh, and then they leave leaving you in here, dead, etc. And, uh, and yeah, you've somehow managed to play dead. Um, what's your next plan? What's your next step? <sighs>
5: I think Duke is going to wait a little bit. I mean, he knows it succeeded, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to try to just like listen and see what he hears from, like if they're calling for backup. I mean, obviously the comms are messed up, but like what their plan might be that they're okay. trying to like concoct.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like I'm rolling over the gremlins, uh, still not working. And so they are con- like, they are struggling with comms, etc. um, if you wait long enough, um, you'll hear someone come back. And the gist of the report, because uh, they basically just tried to do like a physical recon. They didn't. They're not. They're checking sort of the southern side uh, of the of the neighborhood, and they come back and they're like, they're they're gone. Like I don't know why all these guys have like a surfer accent. They're gone. And <laughs> whatever this, I think it. I think it moved like all like every house, like it's just like I can't find. And then they start listing like names, like teams and people and stuff like they're gone They're I can't they're not there and this and that. And then like all the, like all all he's doing is doing this laundry list. And so then they start kind of debriefing. They start calling out who's left. And when they figure out who's left, there's literally like five, (laughs) just like five people that they still actually have communication with. Everybody else seems to have disappeared. Uh, and you can hear, I'll say you can overhear all of that in your, your play dead tent.
5: Yeah. I mean, I don't think Duke is going to do anything okay. until he gets more information or if he hears like combat or something. Cause right now he knows they're not going to come back and check the tent. So he's just going to hang out and listen. Okay. All at
1: once. Uh, what happens? Uh, you, so this is all of you see this, um, Eustace, you've been sort of moving, <laughs> you've been moving with your coyote people in the direction of the light. Uh, you push yourself from between like between two of these uh, two of these homes and you see this extraordinarily bright cul-de-sac. You see it's very familiar to you, though you don't recall it being so bright. There's a long table there, but there is something new. You, you see there is Lou and there is Jacques. Uh, and I'll say Jacques and Lou, the two of you see coming down, you got Eustace, body on one one shoulder, on the other. He's kind of got like the almost like a towel coming out of the bathroom of the, the fur pelt wrapped around and a little knot with. And he's got like like 30 of uh, these coyotes that are just falling around him as he comes out from between these two uh, these two homes.
6: What,
3: what, what
1: have
6: you been doing? What how did you do this? <laughs>
1: Come into the light. Come into the
7: light and join uh-huh. your voice to the song. In the song to the to the to Mother Gaia.
2: I would uh, love nothing better is to sing. I'm so tired. Okay.
6: Uh, yes, let me take some of these bodies from you, and I can't sing, so I'll depend on you for
1: that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yusuf, if you add your voice to the song, I'll just add like an extra couple. What's your? You you have decent performance, right? You're you're pretty high
2: up. Two. Up I'm better if I have an acoustic... Uh, <laughs> they don't have it. They, don't have a, they yeah. hand you one over and it just falls through <laughs> your hands because it's a spirit
1: acoustic attack. If I had uh, an
2: acoustic uh, instrument, I would do better. Okay, so we'll say
1: focus. you you add your voice to the song. So you have this, like, this 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 is going on. And the rest of you, uh, as you do this, you start to hear, like, this distant... Again, like, someone's joining in. Selena, you're on the rooftop with Oren, and now... Mm-hmm the light in the distance that you two can look down, like you're staring up at this impossible sky. Then you look down and, and all of this, this, this song from these different directions suddenly joins together. And it's all basically the same song. It's all different, different elements, different movements. It's the way in which you can hear one part of a kind of a classical, a uh, classical piece suddenly start layering on later on as everything starts to weave together. And, all of you then watch as one by one, all of the homes around you uh, rip apart. And it's just like instant, 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 one after the other. Selena, you and Orin actually fall and slide off. We'll see mm-hmm. both of you just take a superficial, phys- you know, physical damage. No big deal. Uh, as you two go tumbling to the ground. And then those of you that are in the the cul-de-sac, you see that bright, kind of yellow, white light just whip out. You see the the entire uh, table disappear in front of you. All the spirits that had been sitting there disappear in front of you. And you are left standing in the middle of a cul-de-sac. You look around you, you see destroyed homes that are almost strangely split in two. You look up and you can see stars above you. You can see once again the distant mountains to the north. You can see the various floodlights that have been set up left and right. And Selena, same thing occurs to you. And when you look over and you you take a look at the face of Orin Moonshadow, it's no longer disintegrating in front of you. It's just kind of repairing itself. And I think we'll end there uh, as you mm. have expelled yourself and move the thing uh, kind of combined together to create a fairly good effect. But we'll see the, the, the fallout of this uh, next time, I think, Let's sort of figure out how this happens. And all the bodies came with you. So the bloody bodies, Jacques, you have one. Eustace, you have two. They are guru. They're going to heal. Uh, but it'll be, it'll take some time.
2: Okay. for poor little coyotes. <laughs>
1: you have, and they're there too. You have literally like 30 coyotes around you. You're looking at me. You. You're bringing oh them with you. You're, gonna, you're taking <laughs> care of them, Eustace. You're gonna walk you can't them. Them. Honestly,
2: I'm going to buy that one thing where you mark a territory now. I'm just gonna run with the coyotes, and just everywhere the coyotes run, I'm gonna mark that territory. That's I'm ah. gonna use that to justify my next purchase. I think that sounds great. Uh, okay,
1: we'll um, so we'll pick up next time. We'll sort of resolve uh, how we want to how how we want this all to end, uh, and then we'll kind of uh, kind of pick up from there. There is a a loose um, gigantic spirit. But you also have the leader of the of the pack that is that is skilled at uh, sort of tending to it. So it'll probably, it's probably more of their responsibility than yours at this point. But uh, we'll resolve all of that uh, next time. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's do a couple closing plugs, and then we will get the hell out of here. We'll start uh, with Jeremy. Jeremy, uh, there is a Patreon that you uh, appear on. you mentioned. If oh like yeah, uh, everybody's nice on Patreon.
2: Now. Comics, maps, tokens, fun stuff. Check it out.
1: You said it too fast this time. I couldn't catch up. I was like, always, I the, I'm always watching so the race. He's so fast and efficient. Uh, yeah, I how
4: quick Jerry talks and yeah. how quick Jeff unmutes after. And it's always so nice. Uh,
1: because yeah, I don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want everyone to hear my clicky, clicky. <laughs> uh, let's see, Aaron. What's going on over on Garbling? Uh,
7: let's see. Uh, back starting next to uh, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, or yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch Millie. Uh, the GM continuing her Coriolis campaign. Uh, Then if you come back at Wednesday at the same time, you'll find me in the narrator's seat. Uh, We managed to get an episode off this week, and we'll be back next week to finish off uh, The Friendly Neighborhood, which is the Rank 2 adventure in the Cataclysm of Kang as we continue our Marvel, Marvel Multiverse playthrough. And then next Thursday, Pete should be back running his own game, Heroic Deeds, uh old school feel with modern mechanics uh there he's running his players through the classic red hand of doom adventure uh and also if uh, if you like what you see with his playthrough uh and you and you think the game seems pretty cool he's going to be bringing it to kickstarter in february so stay tuned for that and if you check the garblag facebook page or the discord you can find a link to sign up for the notification when it launches
1: awesome and we're probably going to I'm not sure exactly when yet, but we're probably going to run some of it over here, uh, either on Tuesday or tonight. Not sure yet. Or on Thursday, probably Tuesday, I think we talked about. Uh, so you're going to see it over here as well. Uh, so you can kind of get a peek at what that game is like. Uh, and then as for us, um, not sure yet, actually, about Friday and Saturday. We have a couple folks playing Hurt. Uh, so we might play uh, our usual games of Delta Green and Call of Cthulhu. Uh, we might also just give them a chance to heal. We'll see how it goes. Uh, then on, uh, on Monday, we'll be back with monster of the week as per usual. Uh, so our zany, weird golf course horror. Uh, so come hang out for that. Uh, Tuesday, hopefully we, we will get back to Marvel multiverse RPG, assuming, uh, assuming Steven's up for it. uh, as we are getting closer and closer to the end of that campaign. And then obviously next Thursday, we'll be back with more werewolf. If you haven't checked out to YouTube, also check out, uh, adventures in lollygagging, just search for it on YouTube. You'll find some stuff. Uh, all of our games are over there, including our other, uh, ongoing games, including Aaron's, uh, Warhammer 40k, Wrath and Glory game, uh, my fragged, uh, Empire game. If you like space sci-fi, both of those will probably scratch that itch. Uh, and, uh, that's about it. Um, thanks to everyone out tonight. Uh, we're, thanks to, I, I know a few of you threw bits and such. I really do appreciate that. Uh, hopefully Melissa thanked you if she didn't. Uh, well, now you know what it's like, uh, to, to live with her. Uh, <laughs> thank <thankfully. laughs> what it is Wow! Uh, terrible. still know where this stuff comes from <laughs> i don't mean to do that when i start oh this ends, but i just end up there i'm such a bad person oh, uh, okay. we're, <laughs> we're gonna raid Torque tales who are playing changeling which is awesome because i want to run changeling uh some point uh, so anyway follow the raid we'll catch you all later bye-bye
7: good night see ya